Dior Talks. Welcome to the first episode of the Dior Talks podcast series dedicated to the fifth edition of Dior Lady Art. Ten artists from around the world participated in a game of metamorphosis by rendering the iconic Lady Dior handbag as a unique piece of art. I'm Katia Foreman, a Paris-based journalist, and returning to Dior Talks today is our opening guest, the one and only Judy Chicago. Judy, the godmother of feminist art, demonstrated the power of bridging art and fashion with the female divine, her monumental installation for the Dior Spring-Summer 2020 Haute Couture Show by Maria Grazia Curie, produced in collaboration with Bureau Batac. Depicting the body of a goddess, the spectacular work, which was erected in the gardens of the Rodin Museum in Paris, celebrated women's immutable creative force and the power of emancipation offered by art and couture. But during the preparations for that event, she was also approached to participate in an artistic project on another scale, one that involved interpreting her artistic universe through the iconic Lady Dior handbag. In this episode of Dior Talks, I speak with Judy about fashion, feminism, and the meaning behind the work she chose for her three Lady Dior bags, the evocatively titled Let It All Hang Out, and Christine of Sweden and Queen Victoria from her Great Ladies series. Did you see the uh, couture show that I did with Maria Gracia last January? I certainly did, Judy. Who didn't? It's not every day that one gets to attend a couture show held inside the body of a goddess, the female divine. In terms of fashion and art collaborations, what you both achieved was truly groundbreaking. It it seems like a gazillion years ago, and it was less than a year. When Maria Gracia brought us to the couture show in the summer of 2019, because she wanted to talk to me about collaboration, about a collaboration, I remember I'd never been in a couture show, and it was really overwhelming. And I remember sitting there in the Dior building thinking to myself, can art really have a place here? Like meaningful art. Can, you know, where people would like look at the art, not just as background or as design or, uh, you know, uh, interesting visual, but could it have meaning? And can fashion, which as we all know, has been a vehicle of oppression for women, could fashion become a vehicle of empowerment? And of course, that's what Maria Gracia Chiuri has been working on. Well, as far as I'm concerned, mission accomplished. Since the show, how has this intense collaboration with Dior impacted your creative and artistic output? Well, actually... Uh, my collaboration with Dior has continued. So let me start by saying that because today the banner exhibition, the English banners, uh, are installed at Jeffrey Deitch Gallery in New York. This is the opening. And 
It includes my drawings for the banners and also a special gallery that Dior set up for the purse launch in, in America. So, and in April, the, the banners are going to the National Museum of Women in the Arts in Washington, where they'll be on exhibit and in relationship to the gala the museum is doing honoring me and Maria Gracia. So my collaboration with Dior did not end in when we came back from Paris, although my our life definitely changed very dramatically. Judy, it's thrilling to hear this collaboration with Dior is ongoing and that you can savor that incredible experience. Today, we're here to talk about the Dior Lady Art Project, which involved working on an entirely different scale. How did you seek to optimize the Lady Dior bag as a canvas? Actually, it was very interesting. I was just writing about this in my Dior journal, which I've kept since the collaboration started. And when, because I couldn't, we couldn't go to New York, Dior arranged for Jeffrey Deitch and me to do a webinar last week to discuss the show and the purses. And Jeffrey said that my purses, my three purses, were the best example he had ever seen of uh, art and fashion collaboration. I, of course, am like, be still my heart, because to get a, a compliment like that from Jeffrey, who's very knowledgeable about artists' fashion collaborations and, in fact, advised me when I first started working on the project with Dior. He advised me to think big, which I did. Anyway, um, Olivier Bialibos said to me when we were still in Paris in January, you know, he's the head of uh, global communications for Dior, He said, Judy, I want you to do a Lady Dior purse. Now, nobody can say, if you've ever met Olivier, nobody can say no to Olivier. He's probably one of the most charming people on the face of the earth, right? Absolutely. So, however, when the Dior purse project was first going to start, we were still in the middle of preparing for the couture show. And we were working literally 17 hours a day. And I said to Donald, I can't do, I can't do this. How am I going to do this? Because for me, when I start a project, I start with research, which would have meant first, I would have researched the history of purses. Then I would have researched the history of Lady Dior purses to see what other artists had done. And only then would I sit down to design a purse. And I'm like, I have no time. I can't do it. And Donald said, you know what? You really don't have to do all that work. You don't have to ask that much of yourself. Why don't you just think about the many images you've created over the course of your life and think about whether any of them might be appropriate for a purse. Well, as soon as he said it, I thought, 
I wonder if my painting from the 70s, Let It All Hang Out, could be adapted to purse design. Donald's very clever digitally. So when I suggested that painting, he uh, took it and he manipulated because by then we had gotten the specs for the purses, you know, what size, what the shape was, the dimension. And he basically mocked up a purse based on let it all hang out. And I saw it. I'm like, oh, God, that's really cool. I love it. Okay, let's do that. Okay, that sounds simple. Okay, then Olivier and Alexander, the purse designer for Dior, came to New Mexico, came to Berlin with samples of what uh, Alexander had shown me. He had shown me while we were still in Paris some different possible interpretations like embroidery or this or that. And he had shown us one interpretation which involved dichroic uh, on plastic, like on, uh, and it was, he had taken the image and he'd overlaid it with this embossed dichroic that brought the image alive. It was just fantastic. So, so we went forward with that idea. And then Olivier and Alexander came to our little small town in Berlin. In fact, they were in the very room I'm in right now, our sunroom, discussing the purse. And so we agreed. And then Olivier said, well, but we want to do others, two others. We want to do an evening bag and a large day bag. I'm like, really? Yes. Okay, let's look at some other images. So we looked at some other images from that period, specifically some images from my Great Ladies series, which preceded the dinner party where I was first trying to represent women, the women in history I had been discovered, discovering in paintings. And they selected Queen Victoria and Christine of Sweden. And I said, okay, but only if we have their names and dates on the bottom of the purses. And they agreed. And I said, also, same with Let It All Hang Out. The title has to be on the bottom. And the reason I said that was because I thought it was really delicious to teach women's history through a purse. Tell me more about these works that you selected from this powerful phase in your oeuvre and how this project has served to build on your mission since the 1970s in an art world where symbols of masculine power were omnipresent, of introducing feminine symbols and female-centred forms that could also teach women's history. Tell me more about the symbolism of the works you chose. Well, at, in the early 70s, I was really trying to build a feminist art practice when, you know, it's so funny because so many young women don't know much about history and they'll, like, there'll be a young women artists who say to me, don't you think being called a feminist artist ghettoizes you? And I kind of laugh because, you know, it's not like 
the term feminist art has existed for that long. It only began in the 70s. And in fact, my biographer, Gail Levin, after reading my journals, she concluded that the first time the term feminist art ever it was ever used was in my early journals in 1971, which means I might have actually created the term. That's astonishing. It's like if, a, if somebody's called a feminist, it's somehow bad. And I don't feel like that. I feel really great about having pioneered feminist art, which opened the way for women artists to be ourselves in our work. And in the early 70s, I was trying to figure out how to do that because I had learned to kind of what I call speak in tongues, which is make art that had meaning and content. But if you looked at it, nobody would ever know what the content was. So I was trying to figure out how to make art that was clearer and more accessible. And that's when I was working on Paintings like Let It All Hang Out, which is about female sexuality and female power, and also women's history. So I think when I was talking about why I was so daunted about trying to design a purse and, you know, because of my process as an artist, it's because I start with content. Like, what is it I want to express? And that's very different from a lot of other art, especially art by men, that's rooted in formal issues. And even though I spent a decade developing the formal tools of my art practice in the 1960s, for me, art is about meaning. And I would not want to do anything, even a purse, that didn't have meaning. Judy, tell us more about the formidable historical female figures that feature on two of the bags. Specifically, as I said, the bags come off of three paintings. I've already talked about the meaning of Let It All Hang Out, which is the one we started with. The small evening bag that's named after and based on Christine of Sweden She was a very interesting woman. She abdicated rather than be forced to marry and have heirs because she was the queen and uh, she did not want to become the uh, like um, companion to the king, which would have is what would have happened if she had married she would have lost her power, and she was not prepared to do that. And the image itself is based on color opposites, like yellows and purples, and blue, uh, blue blue-purple, and there's a square in the center that kind of blocks the back image, which is a metaphor for the blockage she found and encountered in trying to assert her power. The Queen Victoria image, which is on a much larger purse, a really oversized purse, it's darker and murkier 
because even though Queen Victoria had quite a lot of power and ruled for a very long time, still that her reign was murky in terms of uh, women's rights. So, you know, I get asked all the time in terms of discussing the purses who, who my ideal client is. And so I'm going to tell you that because it relates to your question. So once we can go shopping again, I imagine a woman walking down Madison Avenue in New York with the Queen Victoria purse on her arm, well, it's, and somebody stops her on the street and says, wow, that's a great purse. What is it? And she says, oh, that's a Lady Dior purse designed by Judy Chicago. And it's based on her painting of Queen Victoria, whereupon the woman who first said something about the purse says, my, that's very interesting. I think I'll go home and see, learn more about Queen Victoria and see if I can understand why the colors are purple and black and the image is kind of murky. I wonder what Judy Chicago was trying to say. And so then the woman would find meaning in the purse beyond having enough space for everything. And what do the bold colors of the bag's interiors represent? The colors from the painting, we took all the way through the inside of the purse, the bottom of the purse, everything. You know, I, I worked on, I mean, those were the things I worked on with Alexander is what color should be on the inside. And once we had established that we were going to combine my painting with this dichroic coating. Then we worked on every little detail, the inside, the lettering on the bottom, the dichroic on the Dior, uh, like, uh, you know, how there's a chain that has the Dior symbol. I mean, we worked on every aspect of the purse to make it an integrated visual object. Wow. So there's this idea of this status item of a proper woman's wardrobe becoming a vehicle for art with all these meanings and messages. Do you think that fashion has also been one of the visible expressions of women's liberation? I think it's been contested space. As Maria Gracia says, fashion is about the female body, about the body and primarily the female body although obviously there's men's bodies, you know, men's fashion too. But I haven't seen any uh, men's fashions that require the male body to imprison their waist in corsets or force them to stagger around on obscenely high heels. And in fact, This morning, I was looking at uh, the last Sunday's tea tea magazine from the New York Times, which, you know, the editor, Hanya Yanagara, is, I'm a great fan of her and what she's done with tea magazine. And I was looking at some of the designs, actually the cover designs, and in in the magazine, 
And I thought, I was just thinking to myself, it's as if Maria Grasha and I never did the Couture show last January because it was still the same obscene high heels, the same uh, ridiculous outfits that women were expected to wear. I know fashion is about, you know, extremes of thinking, but when, and that it comes back into the mainstream in less extreme form. Still, when we were in, in Paris working on the Couture show, I was very struck during the rehearsals that the models commented on how comfortable the clothes were that Maria Grasha had designed. And I thought to myself, how bizarre is that, that, uh, that comfortable clothing is unusual in fashion? So I think that what Maria Grasha and I did can really be understood as a critique of the fashion world. I mean, I don't know if Maria Grasha would say this or agree with this, but from my point of view, her clothes demonstrated that shoes can be comfortable and functional and beautiful, and clothes can be exquisite and functional at the same time, and that there is no reason except misogyny that justifies the ways in which male designers use the female body in order to realize their fantasies. And I myself find that offensive. And that is oppressive to women, inherently oppressive to women. Just as your art pushes us to reconsider the power relations that determine through gender the ways we live today, it seems your collaboration with Jewel has opened up similar reflections on fashion. I didn't really think that much about fashion. I mean, you know, I never could afford it. In fact, it's very funny. When we posted uh, the first Dior bag on my Instagram, there was a really snarky comment by a woman artist saying, well, Judy, most women artists can't possibly afford one of these bags. And I laughed. I wrote back and I said, well, I couldn't have either. The only way I got one was by designing it. So, I mean, it was so far out and still is. I mean, I, I don't have the, enough money to spend between $7,800 and $9,800 on a purse. And if I, if I had that much liquid money, I'd probably spend it on art materials. So fashion was like not anything I had thought that much about. And when, so that was what was so amazing about the whole experience with Dior and being invited by Maria Grasha, I, because in the last year, of course, I've thought a lot about fashion. And I've spent time with people in the fashion world and fashion writers. And, you know, I, the incredibly positive response to the couture show that Maria Grasha and I did 
and it was worldwide. I mean, I think it might be explained by the fact that there were a lot of women. This is what I thought, because I was amazed. You know, when Dior sent us the press book, it was a thousand pages long. So, I mean, so on the one hand, working with Dior gave me a global platform for ideas I've been working with and on throughout the course of my career. But my point here is, I, I think that for a lot of women writers in the fashion world, the goddess figure, the concept of the female divine, the work that I did thanks to Maria Gracia and Dior, I think it resonated with them and I think it touched the kinds of feelings I'm talking about, the questioning, the wondering. Yeah, of course, women should be able to do and be whatever they want and are. Absolutely. But I I don't think that means that we should just uncritically accept things that men design for us. I think it's important to bring a critical gaze and a level of consciousness to what we spend our money on because money ultimately is power. And women can, in fact, use their wealth to make change. I mean, we are now all witnessing a world run amok as a result of toxic masculinity and our inhumane treatment of other creatures and the world. And if we're going to survive as a species, I hate to say this, but I think it will require all of us to bring a more critical gaze to what we do. And it's not enough to say, I get to wear anything I want. Yeah, you can, obviously, especially especially if you're a woman of privilege. But how about thinking about it? How about thinking about the purse you spend $10,000 for or the dress you spend $100,000 for? How about thinking about what you are saying through your body and the clothes you select to the world about what you believe and what you think is important? Because like Maria Gracia says, fashion is about the female body. And it sounds like you got quite a kick out of the idea of applying your art to a handbag, which is not something you'd thought of doing before. And having done it now and the idea of them going out into the world whenever we can actually go out, how do you feel that this is contributing to your contribution to art history and everything you've dedicated your career to? I have no idea because I don't control the way art history is written. And of course, that's been the struggle of women and artists of color because for a very long time, we were completely excluded from art history. And we'll see, there have been periods before 
where women artists became very prominent and successful. And then they were a race. So we will have to wait and see how I and other women artists and artists of color are viewed because art history is written from the, it's like written backwards. What might be considered important in 1980, in 2020, is like, oh, how could anybody think that work meant anything? And that process just gets more and more intense. So do I know if in 100 years, some art historian will write about my purses and say, I know she meant well, but how could she possibly have thought she could influence the world through a purse? Have you seen the finished pieces, though? Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. Amazing. So which is your favorite? I love the gold on the little one, you know, the Christine of Sweden, the evening bag. It's so over the top. Somebody asked me if I was going to, like, uh, you know, walk around town. (laughs) We live in a small New Mexican town of 7,000 people. You wouldn't feel comfortable parading your Dior bag. Yeah, no, and I particularly not the evening bag. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it. Of course, you know, if we can ever go out again, um, and when my retrospective opens at the De Young at the end of August, I hope. It's already been postponed twice. You know, I'll wear something really glitzy. And so I might wear, take my the evening bag, and then I'll be presented with, I can't get anything into it. <laughs> so I think, I think the one that I probably will use the most, because, you know, I get a purse, I get purse of uh, uh, one of each purse. Um, I'll probably use the Queen Victoria the most because it's big and then I won't be able to find it. It's a life of extremes. Thank you so much for your time, Judy. It's been fascinating talking to you. I wanted to wrap on a tongue in cheek note. What do you keep in your handbag? Too much. (laughs) Too much (laughs) is what I keep in my handbag. 